Everyone, and welcome back to the Time Shifters podcast. This is your host, Christopher. I am, of course, here with my other host, Matt. Welcome back. Hey. Uh, it, should be, uh, it should be an interesting episode this time, because I sat you down to a film that you probably would not have watched otherwise. That's safe to say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's kind of bury the lead a little bit here, I guess. And uh, we got so, a few news uh, things to talk about. One of the things, the, the one that I brought up was, uh, or wanted to bring up, was because it, it happened, I think, just after we recorded last time. Movie Pass started, uh, I guess, yo-yoing is the best I could describe, as it turns out. Because right after we recorded, they announced that they were they were stopping the unlimited movie deal. Yeah, you're a Movie Pass member, so you'd yes. be able to speak to, to this a little bit more. Yeah, I love having it. Um, so it was it was originally you know your flat rate of nine ninety five a month, although they kept having like these random deals pop up, like oh it could be like six seventy five a month or something like that. And even if you'd already paid for it, you could repay that amount, and you'd get like because they deduct like once a month, but you pay all up front and. So I went for like that even better deal and got some of the money back and and it was one movie a day, unlimited days, to reducing it to just four movies a month, which for me wouldn't have been a big deal because it's still a good deal, right? I mean, it's ten dollars compared to well, well, what's four movies? Movies like what thirteen dollars, right? Yeah, if you're not going to a matinee or something like mm -hmm. that. But, you know, because I wasn't going to probably more than four movies a month anyway, but I certainly know people who were going to like six, seven, ten movies a month using it. So I could see that being a problem, and everybody figured like, well, you know, the dream is over. <laughs> it's too good to be true. We knew something was coming. Didn't think it would be this soon, because apparently they're losing $20 million a month with yeah, their current wow. way of doing things. And... uh Huge backlash, a lot of outcry. Within days, they rolled that back, and they were like, back to unlimited, one movie a day, it's not a problem. But one of the other things they did that's kind of flown under the radar a little bit is it used to be you could go to any movie a day. Mm -hmm. No restrictions. Now, if you've seen a movie through MoviePass, even though they rolled this stuff back, you can't re-watch it. Through movie pass. So if you want to see Avengers Affinity War a second time. Or a fourth time or a fifth time. Not on movie passes. Right. You're going to have to pay full ticket price because hmm. it just pops right up. It just says you've already seen this movie and you can't select anything. And I think that's probably the more frustrating part because – and I tweeted at them and I got no response. And I even tweeted at Warner Brothers and got no response. But I know people who wanted to go see – a movie a second time because they wanted to go see Ready Player One a second time when I went to go see it the first time. But they saw it the first time through Movie Pass, so they couldn't see it the second time through Movie Pass. So they bought a ticket to a different movie and just went into the other theater. But Warner Brothers didn't own that other movie. Gotcha. So Warner Brothers doesn't get that, that revenue. How is this going to make studios feel if a lot of people out there want to go see a movie a second, third, fourth time and are just buying tickets to competitors' movies mm -hmm. to see their movie? Yeah, it's going to definitely skew things, or it right. certainly can. Right. I mean, obviously you run into the issues that, as far as the, the viewer. You run into the possibility of suddenly being kind of called out if suddenly there's no seats available. And exactly. You know, someone's ha you have to show your ticket now mm -hmm. to prove that you're supposed to be there. Right. <laughs> it's really – but – how often does that 
I mean, unless you're going like on those opening weekends or the first week of a big film, mm-hmm. how often is that going to happen? Right. And the thing is, people who like walk in and can't find a seat aren't going to assume there's a bunch of squatters in there. They're just right. going to go out and be like, there are no seats. Can I get a refund? Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen. Right. Ushers aren't going to go around and ask 250 people to show right. their tickets. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it, it's easier for the theater to just kind of shrug their shoulders and go, oh, okay, sure. You want to go see something else? You right. Know? We'll give you a 50% discount. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't give us a bad review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We live and die Put by that. Put the Yelp now. down. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so the reason that they did all of this is because they found out, like, people were going to, like, they were getting tickets to, like, some, you know, hot movie, and then they were selling it at a profit. So Scalping. Like, right, exactly. Like, hey, you know, I can do this every day, and right. it's all one flat rate, and I can I can still sell it for even maybe just like $5 cheaper. I'm getting all of that profit. Uh-huh. Um, and another thing had to do with like, oh, people were buying a bunch of tickets and then giving them to their friends to go into one theater, mm-hmm. you know, even though they were just buying or even though I don't know how that works because you can only get one a day. I don't, yeah, I, that's what I was reading, and all I kept thinking is like I never would have thought to do these things, and they were trying to do this to like stop all of that. I feel like they gave everybody information on how to do something illegal. It's a little ridiculous. They should have just quietly dealt with people that they thought were doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, send a few letters, a couple right. emails. Yeah, you ban a few accounts, and then just that would have been the end of it. Mm-hmm. And you just you deal with it internally. You just keep it under the radar. Instead. We did this, and we're going to upset all of you, and we're also going to teach you how to make a buck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Crazy. Uh, so as it stands now, it's back to Unlimited. Or no, not back to Unlimited. It, it's back to a, a, movie, a movie a day, day but, but not a repeat. Right. You okay. can't get a second view. Now, do, do I understand there's also like a second lower tier that's a little less? It's like $8, and that's more like what they were trying to push out that you could offer up, but it's only like four movies. Um, maybe I don't know. I didn't. Yeah, read I thought I'd read that. that. I, okay, well, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was what I heard. It was almost it was kind of a Coke classic Coke kind of thing. They they bring out the new Coke and no one likes it, so they right. bring out the classic and still offer something else that's just like what they were trying to sell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, that actually might be the business model that works if they do like a three tier thing. If they mm-hmm. say like, oh, you want the unlimited movies? That's thirty dollars a month. Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. you want to just see five movies? That's twenty dollars a month. Something like that. Yeah, because I, uh, you know, honestly, it's great that you can do jump jump in for ten dollars a month with yeah. a movie a day. That's fantastic. But come on, you can't honestly expect that to last. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you can't sit there and complain if they did want to do $30 because it's still a huge discount to right. what you would be paying if you're going to go see that many films. Yeah, go see three movies and you've made your money back. Right. So that would be definitely the way for them to help kind of uh, lessen their uh, their debt that they're mm-hmm. getting every month and still keep everybody happy. Yeah. So they keep jumping around. My worry is, like, I'm probably not going to have a movie pass just because I think they're going to kill themselves. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how long it's going to last. Yeah. It was kind of – that was my next question is, you know, can this business model hold up? I don't think so. No. I kept hearing stuff of how they were, like, data mining a little bit. They weren't, like, putting anybody's names to it, but they were, like, selling the information of this is the times people see movies. These are the movies that people are seeing. This is how many times people are going yeah, back. Yeah. I thought that's how they were making a profit. Turns sure. out, nope. nope. <laughs> yeah. If they're hemorrhaging money that bad, or, or maybe it's just not making them back the money they thought they'd make. Yeah, uh, then they need to they need to rework some of their inner uh, <laughs> their, their salesmanship needs to need yeah. some improvement. 
So I hope it works out. I really like using it. It's very mm-hmm. convenient. Oh yeah, I know that everyone that I that I know that use it has just really enjoyed the uh, the options, and they they have seen gone to more movies. So as far as like getting the word out on on a film, which is you know all the studios really care about, well that and the, making the money, I guess. Right. So as long as they're getting their money and they don't really care who's in debt, <laughs> right. they get their money. Mm-hmm. You know. I could see it being one of those things in 10 years where someone's like, remember MoviePass? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that didn't last long. It was fun, though. Yeah, go the way of the blockbuster. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what uh, news stories did you bring? You have got you had quite a few in your... Well, since last time, I actually saw three movies that we you know previewed the trailers and looked forward to. Um, I think one was on your list, and the other two were on... One was on your list, one was on both our lists, and then one was on mine. So this is the kind of thing you can do when you don't have a kid. You don't have the, <laughs> go to the, you movies. Don't have the house, you can go to the movies. I and a, I have a movie pass. I, and a movie pass. I haven't seen Squat. <laughs> uh, so I saw the movie that I really wanted to see that was on my list was Super Troopers 2. Oh, good. You got to that yes. one? Okay. I had to go to that one. Yeah. Um, it's one of those movies that if you like the first one, you're going to like this one. It's not quite as, as good, but it's still funny. It has a lot of callbacks to the first one because, you know, they're, they're a comedy troupe. They, you know, it's very much like in-jokes and stuff that's funny to them, and hopefully it's funny to you. And their humor matches up with my humor. There were several parts awesome. where I was laughing. Um, it's really kind of a clever, semi-smidge political, but when they were shooting it, it was during like the campaigning for the election. Mm -hmm. It wasn't afterwards. So there were just a couple of things where they were through in there. They were like, well, people will at least remember this because it was everywhere. Um, But yeah, it's it's this clever concept of uh, the U.S. government discovers that a bunch of uh, markers um, between Canada and the United States are off. So there's an entire town in Canada that's actually owned by the United States. <laughs> so all of those Canadians have to become Americans, and there's this huge strip of highway that they need people to run. So they bring back these these disgraced state troopers <laughs> to give them a second shot. Of course. And it's re- it works. I thought it was hilarious. That's pretty funny. Awesome. Um, the other movie I saw was Infinity War. Yeah. Did okay. you get to see that? No, I haven't. I haven't seen it. Um, and most, so far, amazingly, I've avoided most all the spoilers. major spoilers. Yeah. So I'm going to avoid spoilers. Um, most people really like it. Mm-hmm. There's a few people that have, I think, fair criticisms of like, you know, it doesn't seem like a complete story. Um, you know, because originally this was supposed to be Infinity War Part One, mm. and they took off the Part One. Probably should have left it on. Gotcha. I think it would have like squashed a lot of those criticisms because it's definitely. Not a complete story. So it's definitely going to roll over to Avengers 4? Yes. You know, it's the first one that really ends on a major cliffhanger. Gotcha. Cool. Um, if it's a complete story, it's all because it's Thanos' story. He mm-hmm. is the main character. It's about the heroes. It's about how do we stop him. But he is the really the one character who has, from start to finish, an arc that completes. Everyone else is guest starring in his movie. in his movie uh-huh. okay. all of the humans are the guest stars <laughs> to the cgi monster man nice but he's the one who actually has a point and a purpose and what i love it is the first time i've seen a villain in a comic book movie be the villain i wanted to always see which is he's a monster he's evil 
but he kind of has a point. Gotcha. His okay. argument makes sense. I disagree with what <laughs> he wants to do, but he does have an argument that makes sense. Are there better ways to do it? Yes. But, like, that's the villain I've always wanted to see of just sort of like, you're horrible, but you make sense. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and so the third movie that I got to see was Ready Player One. Oh, yeah. How, how, what do you think of that? I've heard uh, there is, boy, I tell you what, this one is split down the middle with uh, amongst uh, my, my friends. There's a lot of people that are really looking forward to it and walked away really disappointed. I didn't walk away disappointed. I just walked away kind of like, that happened. Mm-hmm. There it was. That was a product. Yeah. Um, I think Steven Spielberg was the wrong director. Really? Because we actually said just the opposite when we, we were did. talking about that it, film. It made sense not knowing what the movie was going to be and seeing it from the trailers. And then I realized a person who is put in charge to kind of reference themselves and be there for like the pop culture world that they helped create probably shouldn't have been the person to direct it because he's not actually part of that world. He's responsible for it, but mm-hmm. he's not engrossed in it. After I left, I said to my wife, imagine if Edgar Wright directed this movie. I was just going to say, you, you wanted somebody a little bit more of the, the geek-turned-director. Yes, exactly. And it, it just would have been – but there was even a part at the end where – you know, they were like, oh, and we made a change on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We shut down the Oasis so people can get to their real lives. That's not in the book. Hmm. Apparently, it was just Steven Spielberg who wanted that in to oh. send this, like, unplug kids kind of message. And of I'm course. just sort of like, oh, okay. The old guy wants kids to get off their electronics. Yeah. Fa- fatherhood has been the the worst thing that could have happened to Spielberg. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, erasing the guns from ET. Yeah. Uh, uh, putting the messages into the film. Yeah. And it's not even a good message because in the movie, it's very clear that people live and work in the Oasis. It's mm-hmm. not just a video game. People make their livelihood there. If you forced shut it down two weekdays every week, I guarantee that's going to affect people's like bottom line. And so I'm just sitting there going, you ended on that note? That's the last line of the movie, cut to black. And I'm just sort of like, okay, <laughs> all right. And there were just a lot of different things where I'm like, it looked cool. It was great. It was very well acted. You you really felt for the characters. But there was like a forced love arc going on. Um, one of the characters went way too dark. Like he was the villain. And I'm just sort of like, this guy didn't need to go to cold-blooded murder. It didn't really fit with the tone of the movie. And so it was a con- it was just sort of all over the place. Mm. And at the end of the day, I was just sort of like, this makes me just want to go home and play games with my friends. That's, <laughs> that's what Because you see them all running around and grouping up and being like, you go here, you go there. I'm just like, that's me and my friends. <laughs> but did you read the book? I did not. You did. Yeah, okay. I, I, I thought that's what you had said when the, the trailer first came up. Yeah, so I I think it's an okay movie. There's certainly things to be entertained about. If you're engrossed in like online gaming culture, it it you will recognize a lot of little things mm-hmm. that, you know, that you've been through. Um, but yeah, I think a different director, I think Edgar Wright would have been perfect interesting. for this movie. All right, interesting. That film may come up again in a future discussion, I think. I wonder what. <laughs> So, yeah, those were the three movies I saw. Um, and then we got some trailers over the last couple of weeks. We did. We did. Got, um, some, got some 
interesting trailers. There was already like a teaser preview trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes. But now like a really big showing you plot and what's going on trailer drops. Mm -hmm. That looked good. It looks great. Yeah. Uh, it does. I love what I love about the, the Ant-Man and the Wasp is the, um, you know, the humor doesn't seem out of place. No. It's just that's what you kind of go in for. This is kind of it's the comedy. Mm -hmm. That's a superhero movie. Yes. Yeah. Very much like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, it, but I, I was amazed because that trailer dropped, I think, on like just this past Monday or something. Mm -hmm. And I said to somebody, all right, think about this. Black Panther's still in theaters and doing well. It's still like in top ten for like bringing in money every week. Do they still have that in theaters? I yes. think it's actually coming to it's coming to home video. Like, yes, it like is. The, the week after we record, I yes. think. Yeah, it wow, is. Okay. And it's still in theaters with like eight Jeez, showings oh a day. Gosh, yeah. Infinity War had just finished its opening weekend, setting like every great box office record ever, including mm -hmm. domestic and worldwide opening. And then Monday they drop a trailer for the next movie. <laughs> when has that ever happened? <laughs> when have you been like, oh, yeah, our previous movie's still in theaters and still doing great. Our current movie is dominating. Mm -hmm. And here's the trailer for the next one. I'm always I'm just constantly amazed that this decade. Yeah, the, the the superhero, the Marvel superhero film has not petered out. No, it's just it. It's not going to. It's not going at any time soon. Anyway, I just it's amazing. I mean, they can even have a few, maybe slight misfires, and it's just like, well, wait till the next one. And right. oh, this one's great. Yeah, right. The and the misfire is still well in profit. Yeah, it's like, oh, that movie didn't do great. It only made eight hundred million. <laughs> Is that all? <laughs> Is that all? Didn't break the billion mark. Oh, right. that's a shame. Right, because that's their bar now. Mm -hmm. Did it break a billion dollars? That's insane. That this is the new normal for them, and it happened very quickly. Another thing I think why so much of it works too is despite the fact that there are different filmmakers and and everything going at it, all these films look similar to yes. themselves they don't drastically change the style mm -hmm. of of one to another despite who's helming the project they keep it all well within the universe that they've set and i think that helps a lot too and it helps them actually be able to then tie them all together you don't have some guy showing up and like why are you wearing that you yeah know, because because it worked for that film but now we're in this film and it you know Mm -hmm. Thank you, Kevin Feige, <laughs> keeping everything <laughs> under, like, the same filter. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's got to be such a hard job. <laughs> it has to be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, a fun trailer. I mean, you know, just more of the constant, you know, the, the jokes and the and the um, the fun with the making things big and making things small and using it to 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 battle and to, you know, defend. It's it's just fantastic. I mean, they, they block the door at the salt shaker. And, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's just <laughs> – yeah, it's the stuff that you expect from the Ant-Man, you know, kind of film that was laid, the groundwork that was laid in that first one. And yeah. it just continues on with this one and looks great with another fantastic cast. Yeah, and there's that great part where Wasp, she like flies into the car and she sits right between the guys and she grows big or to her regular size. And she's like, hi, and one goes to punch her and she shrinks again and hits <laughs> the other guy. I'm like, that's wonderful. Michael Douglas is in a superhero film. Yes. I mean, who thought you would see that now? <laughs> I don't think he did. No. 
Um, the other trailer, which uh, sticks to superheroes, uh, is the Venom trailer, like yeah. a real full-length yes. trailer. Yeah, and it, I, I went from hmm to okay, you have me interested. Yeah. <laughs> um, the teaser that they showed a while back didn't really do much for me. It's it was a like a series eh, of images. Yeah. All right. Whatever. This one, it's kind of like, okay, now I'm curious. <laughs> right. And it's just it's all Tom Hardy's acting that pulled mm-hmm. me into this trailer because he's so good. Like I have seen, I in Dunkirk, his entire part is him just in like the the uh, fighter pilot mask. So you just see his eyes, mm-hmm. and you're getting all of the emotion and then intensity just from his eyes. And I'm like, how do you act like that? How are you acting all through your eyes? Yeah. And so now you're giving him a whole thing where he's like dealing with a voice in his head, and it's just he's one of the most talented people out there, and he's going to make this movie work. I think so. And then you saw the full Venom. You finally see Venom. Yeah. Looks good. <laughs> yeah, it does. Now the question is, when does that happen? You know, I wouldn't put him past that. That's the end Last scene right minutes. before credits. <laughs> you know, the full Venom and then go with the black. No! <laughs> it could. Be. I mean, I wouldn't be against it because it just keeps Hardy in the movie longer. Yeah, yeah. Because um, that's one of the problems when you get someone like a star like him for a CGI role, you lose the actor, mm-hmm. which is why I think you're seeing less and less Hulk in in Marvel and yeah. more and more Mark Ruffalo because right. it turns out Mark Ruffalo's really good at <laughs> playing is. Bruce Banner. <laughs> and you want more of that. Yes, you want Hulk to show up and smash things, but you also want Ruffalo to be hilarious. You're right. So the other thing, though, is people are wondering, because this is Sony. Mm-hmm. They still own the rights to the character for a movie. Will they drop some kind of hint of a Spider-Man? Of Spider-Man. Even though visually and tonally it's very different from mm-hmm. what Marvel's doing, which is what we were just saying, that it goes against that. Yeah, it goes completely well, it goes completely against um, you know, the Venom origins in the Spider-Man books, yes. too. I mean, they are creating their own Venom origin here. Mm-hmm. And so you don't need Spider-Man, but it'd be interesting... You but know. a Venom without a Spider-Man is like creating a Joker, Joker without, without a Batman. Batman. Yeah. It, it just doesn't work. You know, you you want that. And if it's good, you want them to clash you or mm-hmm. team up or fight or whatever. Like, how do you have this now really good Spider-Man and finally a really good Venom and we're going to keep them separate? Right. That's terrible. Please don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just have some part where, like, Venom is, like, swinging through the city and you just see Stark Tower. Real quick. Have a second. Yeah. Anything. Just put it in that same universe. Yes. Just reference it. Just enough to make us go, <gasps> and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be curious to see. I mean, it's this is going to be, and and that, that it's another too. Is like, then how is it Sony going to have to keep, you know, maintaining this uh, ownership of the franchise, and how long will that last before finally Marvel and or someone just says, no, you're you're we don't want you. To, the contract has to end at some point. Right. You know, it, it can't be in perpetuity here. Yeah. So can they keep it going? And then how will Marvel then try to incorporate that universe into their universe? And that's ages that's down the road, I guess. But that's that's a discussion for lawyers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, not, not for podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about it. We won't get anywhere. <laughs> no, exactly. They might not get anywhere. No. But yeah, I, I think it would I just, be a real I just shame. don't want them to finally, you know, Sony with a, a superhero franchise, you know, finally having this really great uh, universe's character and then have to, like, stop. Right. 
because of Give contract right. problems. Right, yeah. and then they recast Venom, and it yeah, it's exactly all over. what will happen. Is right. it's just it's another reboot, and you're right. like, Ugh. integrate it. Yeah, <laughs> integrate it. <laughs> Same with Deadpool. Bring him in. Integrate it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and then so the third trailer that dropped, I think I'm the only one that got excited about it, was Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the only one that was excited. That's in fine. This room. <laughs> That's fine. When we did all of the, when we did the episode about all the trailers, we pretty much came to the conclusion that there's no formula for what makes a good trailer. You can dissect a trailer and say why it was good, but then you can look at another one that kind of does all of the same things, and it's a bad trailer or it doesn't get you excited. It's just sort of that gut reaction of right. I liked it. That was my reaction to this movie. And a huge part of that was Tyron Edgerton as Robin Hood and Jamie Foxx as whatever character he's playing. I love those two actors. They are both so good. I think that dynamic is going to be great. Tyron Edgerton, I've had the pipe dream of playing Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern. Mm. I think he would be phenomenal in that role. Well, and I think that was my issue with this trailer is I'm watching it and I'm going, oh, good, it's Robin Hood as a superhero. Yeah, it was effectively it's it's like Green Arrow or you know, or Hawkeye. But that is kind of what Robin Hood is. He's kind of he this old legendary. The, yeah, hero. but when he's doing the the leaps with the twists and the three <laughs> arrows, you know, right away and all that stuff, it's like we've seen it with Hawkeye. We've seen it with Green Arrow. And it's like, let's see it with Robin Hood. It's oh sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be a movie that somehow magically works. Mm. But I'm betting on it's going to be a movie that's so ridiculously over-the-top bad it's good. Because, you know, people are pointing out, like, the hood is machine-sewn. It's it, like, it looks like he ordered his clothes out of a catalog, yet it's still supposed to be set during the times of Robin Hood. And I'm sitting there going, yep. I'm on board with how terrible that is. Yeah, you, you posted that on the Facebook group, the trailer, and someone uh, made a very good uh, analogy to uh, First Night. Oh, uh, it was, um, Guy Ritchie's yeah. um, King Arthur. King Arthur. Yes. There, there you go. You I saw other one, people yeah. saying, like, you know, if it's anything like A Knight's Tale... Then it could be really good because you know that might be fun. A Knight's Tale had like hard rock in it, and it's yep. supposed to be set in the Middle Ages. But I'm thinking of the was which is it, was it the King Arthur was the one with um uh one with Richard Gere and the bright shiny everyone's armor looked like it just was polished yesterday and oh I don't know if Richard Gere was in that movie I think Jude Law was in that movie I can't remember who so the one I'm thinking King of Arthur. I want I thought it, I think it was called First Night. And it's supposed to be oh, King Arthur. Oh, first night. Yes, yes. It's supposed okay. to be King Arthur's Tale, but everyone looks like they stepped out of. It, yes. they, they're not even. It's not even a Renaissance fair. I mean, no. they, they. It's everything's shiny and polished and clean. It's like, this is the nicest looking Middle Ages <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. No. Yes. The Richard Gere and um, um, Richard Gere and Sean Connery. He played oh, King that's Arthur. Right. Yeah. No, the movie, I think it was uh, Chad who commented, he was talking about Guy Ritchie's King Arthur, which I didn't see. That came out like last year or the year before. Oh, okay. It was very yeah, like, hard rock and you know badass movie. And I'm like, yeah, but it's Guy Ritchie. I'm not really on board with him that much. Mm -hmm. I really liked his Sherlock Holmes movies. That was it. Gotcha. Um, this, I don't know. It. The trailer got me pumped. The movie might suck. I don't care. The trailer got me All pumped. Right. All right. I guess I would just like to see someone try to do something with a Robin Hood that isn't so over the top. I, I think you. I think you could tell the story without being. 
without, think, without making him an actual superhero. You can have him as being an action star, I guess. You know, and we've had those though. I think that might be the argument. I think that might be how they sold it. You know, like we've had those movies. Let's just go where movies are going. This is what people are lining yeah, up to maybe. see. That's so, a good point. Yeah, it's trying to tap into the yeah. vein that it felt to me like somebody combined Green Arrow with classic Zorro because there's that yeah. part where he's sitting there and he's saying just like, "Oh, this hood outlaw. I, you know, do you guys really believe he exists?" I'm like, "That's Zorro." <laughs> where he's like, "Okay, they've never done that in Robin Hood where Robin of Loxley is maintaining his, you know, his his status as a secret identity. Yeah, yeah. like I thought that was kind of clever. Like so I I'm on board for mm. like changes like that. All right. Well, we shall see. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie that I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that I wouldn't watch that movie. But, um, but yeah, I'm not looking at it with much, you know, huge anticipation or, or anything. All right. Fair enough. Uh, so the last bit of news I have is they announced that S.J. Clarkson will be the first woman to direct any Star Trek movie because she'll be directing Star Trek Four. Yeah. 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 The, and thank you for saying the headline correctly uh, they, there's been a lot of headlines where it's oh the first female director for star trek wrong right because there was plenty been in several the shows. in the throughout the all the many many uh series right uh, but yes this will be the first female to direct a, a star trek film which i still think is a huge breakthrough mm-hmm. sure absolutely and i was looking her up uh it appears this will be her first movie to direct ever She's directed a lot of very popular shows. I was looking her up some of them. Um, she's directed two episodes of The Defenders, two episodes of Jessica Jones, an episode of Orange is the New Black, Turn, Washington Spies, an episode of Bates Motel, three episodes of Dexter. Um, so very, very prolific television director. Yeah. And, and that may be the sensibility that the Star Trek films need. Right, exactly, since it, that's where they come from. This has probably got the best chance of pulling me back on board. <laughs> yeah, she did an episode of How... Like, it's... Some people might, like, say, oh, she's only done TV. She's done big, budgeted, yeah. popular shows. Yeah, you can't say that anymore either, because television is really... I mean, 20 years ago, sure. that's what movies were. Right. You know, not even 20 years ago, really, just in, like, a decade ago. So television is effectively little short movies anymore. Yes. You can't say that, oh, they've only done television. Sorry, that doesn't hold water anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're dealing with serious actors, serious mm-hmm. cast, serious Television crews. is not the same thing as it no. was 10, 15 years ago. You've got to get a story out in an episode. And I think yeah. that's harder. You've got mm-hmm. 40 minutes to work with. You've got yeah. 45 minutes to work with. Get all of the arcs in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no, I, I think that's exactly what Star Trek needs the, now. And I, I'm, I don't know, the more I think about it, the more, like I said, it might be what I, what, it needs to pull me back in because it's just not my trek anymore. If there's a decent trailer, will you go to the theater for this movie? If it's the trailer's decent. I okay. mean, if I sit there and watch the trailer and just go, you know, no, definitely not going to get my dollar. But if there's something in there that's like, Ooh, all right, maybe, <laughs> you know, if it can get me at least a maybe, yeah, I'll, I'll probably go ahead. All right, very good. So that's the last bit of news I had. Yeah, excellent. Well, there was something that's come up both in the news and just 
current you know current events kind of thing that's been happening i haven't talked about it much we haven't mentioned it really here on the podcast we tend to kind of keep things a little light but now it starts blending in a little bit where i think we need to talk about it obviously there's been a lot of um turmoil in hollywood with a lot of uh producers actors uh stars who are getting into a lot of trouble uh yeah. for their uh for their misdeeds uh harvey weinstein of course the uh, you know, runs the, the Weinstein production, produced a lot of big movies uh, through the 80s, 90s, 2000s. Bill Cosby was just recently uh, convicted of his crimes. Yep. Uh, uh, we've had uh, Kevin Klein pretty much get booted out of, uh, not Kevin Klein, excuse me. Kevin uh, Spacey. Kevin Spacey pretty much get uh, his career, who knows the future of his career now. And then um, just recently, the Academy of Arts and Sciences has uh, booted out Roman Polanski, and Bill Cosby, I believe it was, uh, from the Academy. And so the question I, I had I wanted to pose to you is that when we discover what kind of people these are, can we still watch their films and televisions and appreciate them and enjoy them? Or are they something that should be kind of just left forgotten and left to fade away? I think that depends. I, I don't think there's a wrong answer there. I think that kind of depends on each person and how much that this stuff um, affects you. Um, for me, it's it's something that I follow pretty closely. I talk about it every once in a while on Twitter. Um, very much a proponent of the Me Too and the Time's Up movement. Um, you know, I, I like to listen, well, not like, but I listen to people. I believe them. I think they need to be listened to and believed. Um, all of the people who have come forward, especially all of the women have come forward. Um, I applaud their bravery. But in terms of separating art from artists, um, it's been difficult for me. Mm -hmm. I was a huge Kevin Spacey fan. And this last season of House of Cards that played, I didn't really like it. Um, not because of the stuff that came out, because I watched it before anything came out about him. Because I didn't think it was that good a season. I think the show's kind of like gone down. But the reason I've stuck with it is him. Mm -hmm. Big fan of his. Also a big fan of Robin Wright's. And now hearing that the next season, he's not going to be in it at all. They haven't said what's going to happen with his character. But Robin Wright's going to be the lead. I'll watch that because it's going to be the last season and I want to see how it wraps up. But I don't know if I'll watch it immediately. Mm -hmm. Because he's not in it. Um, but at the same time, I haven't gone back and rewatched anything. Like, there's a lot of his movies that I love, and I, I haven't touched any of them. Um, after the verdict came out about Bill Cosby, I actually went and deleted all of his comedy tracks off of my iTunes. I was mm. that upset with him. Um, even though I knew that this was coming, even though I believed all of the reports that, because people don't make that stuff up. Anytime you hear people say, oh, it's a conspiracy theory, people are just trying to take these people down. That doesn't happen. Anytime um, these women come forward and say, this is what happened, they get death threats, they get attacked, their information gets put out there. They have nothing to gain except knowing that the truth is out there and trying to protect the next person. They're continually victimized yes. even after claiming to be a victim. Right. Yeah. So they have nothing to gain from it. And so I was already on – like I I used to listen to his comedy all the time. I, I even have um, Bill Cosby himself on mm. DVD. It's one of my favorite stand-up shows. 
I haven't watched ever since this stuff came out about him years ago. I haven't watched it since. I haven't listened to any of his comedy tracks. And then I was like, you know what? My stuff's just sitting there. I still have the DVD, but I deleted my iTunes stuff. Right. And that was stuff that I got out of like the library and burned over. There's no getting it back. It's not like it's sitting in my purchases and I can re-download it. It's just gone. Mm -hmm. And I'm fine with that. And so anytime something comes out about somebody, it does taint the work for me. And it's hard to look back. And there haven't been many things that I've gone back and rewatched just because there's that sort of like bitter taste in my mouth of just sort of like, this sure. is who you really are. Right. I looked up to you. I, I was inspired by your work and mm-hmm. by your art. And this is the person you really are. The inspiration's gone. Right. So that's how my feeling on it is. Yeah. I find, like you said, I mean, it, and maybe it's just a matter of, um, gosh, you know, it, it's a, conversation i wanted to bring up and now even i'm having a hard time you know really it's it's putting it into words when i think of things like especially with like something like harvey weinstein Mm -hmm. because it affected so many people yeah and so when you see that name come up you know a weinstein picture and you go "Mm," because now you know what people on that set may have had to deal with and that that truly i think taints the picture uh that darkens everything it might be a great film and everyone in it, you laugh, you cry, whatever you're supposed to do in that film. But you have to think in the back of your mind, you're thinking, but who was subjected to his actions while working on this film? That one really kind of is the one that really, I think, that's the one that kind of hurts or, or bothers me the most because there's all these people, though, that there's a lot more than just one person that goes into making this film. Right. Or making it, or even like something like The Cosby Show. You know, Bill Cosby was one person on an ensemble cast. And so do all those people have to suffer and their work not be enjoyed because of that, because of the actions of that one person? And is that okay? And that's really, it is kind of just a, a fight that you have to have eternally, you know, when you watch some of these things, especially, like I said, because there are so many films that were Weinstein company, you know, produced by Harvey Weinstein. And it's like, there's so many talented people. It's like, I, I don't want those films to be forgotten. I don't want the, these people's works to be ignored because of his actions. But. <laughs> right. It is a constant back and forth. And then, you know, like even Roman Polanski, you know, Academy Award, he, he won an Academy Award after he was um, convicted of his crimes of, of statutory rape. He ended up still getting an Academy Award, and you know he fled to France, and he has yet to really truly do his time. I think that might be the most heinous part of it all. Is yes. He's convicted, and he still gets an Academy Award. I think if any of those people in the Academy are still there, they need to go. Yeah, absolutely. Um and maybe, I don't know, and like you said, I think it's just it's something that has to be kind of dealt with internally with yourself because I'm not going to lie. If I'm, I've, you stumble across, you see a clip of something like, well, I'll bring it up again, the Cosby show, and it's something funny. You know, you're kind of like, oh, it's, yeah, that's, that's funny. But then, you know, then it's after the fact you're like, and he was roofing women. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. what did he do after the set wrap that day? Yeah, exactly. It's it's very um, it's difficult. It's yeah. just because there are so many other people involved. Mm-hmm. Um, you you almost 
you almost wish it was like this. Oh, and then on this set, they all got together and did this. And then you think, ah, well, fine. You can just erase that movie from existence. It's it's not that simple. No. Very difficult. It's a heavy topic. Like I said, it's something I didn't, I haven't brought up here uh, on the show, but with the recent, you know, the ousting, you know, finally the Academy kind of doing what I think is right. And then, um, you know, and I have a feeling that these won't be the last ones. No. Uh, So... Time, time will tell. We will, we will see. Yeah, I think it's it's a mess, and so many people not want to ignore it. It's just hard to look at, and but I think you need to look at it. I think you need to talk about it, and you need to get better. That's mm-hmm. what that's what these decisions are. This is trying to get better. It's it's a little bit at a time, but let's get better. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's lighten things up a little bit here uh, before we go any further i do want to mention a, a letter that we got um a letter not from floyd so floyd step up your game you got someone else jumping in here now this is actually a letter where i'm going to read just a little bit of it today and uh, then i'm going to read a lot of it uh the next time we record and i'll explain a little bit of that later on uh, this one came in from daniel sample uh, he just says that he just finished listening to your shows on murder by death and clue says, I rate Murder by Death a bit higher on his scale, but both are fun. So there's a 1980 TV movie called Murder Can Hurt You that brought together the TV <laughs> detectives of the 60s and 70s that I watched when it originally aired and remembered enjoying it. From what I heard, Peter Falk didn't like the way the Columbo character was used and kept it from being shown again. Huh. I think it's on YouTube, and, may, and he may rewatch it in one of these days. If that's the case, I may look that up. That's will be interesting to see and I'm curious now I'm very curious what happened that Peter Falk you know didn't uh, didn't like so is he saying that like they brought or the, the actual actors to play their role sounds so, like, like it, sounds like maybe they just brought other actors to portray the characters yeah if Peter Falk was having an issue sure he wouldn't have done it he's like that's that's my character like right. you know you're not doing the character the way I would do it mm-hmm. I could see that yeah yeah. But if imagine how great that would be if you had this like mashup of like all of the actors in those roles. That would be something. There's that. a team up for you. <laughs> yeah. that, that that's very interesting, and I, I I may have to look that up too and see yeah. to see what it was. And I because no one should ever do Colombo outside of Peter Falk. Oh, absolutely ever. not. That is one of those things. Thank goodness I have not heard anybody talk reboot of Columbo. There have been a couple of rumors. I think it was something. Uh, Misha Collins, who plays the angel Castiel on Supernatural, a lot of people started make, making up that rumor because the character wears the long trench coat, looks exactly the same. And then even on Twitter, he was just like, that Columbo-looking guy. Oh. <laughs> and so it got the rumor out there that they were rebooting Columbo with him as the lead. And I remember going like, Okay, he could do it. <laughs> He's a really talented actor, and he would respect the role, and he would do it right, and because he's a good person who like does all this charity work, and it's just sort of like I root for him, but don't do it. <laughs> okay. I could see it, but don't do it. All right, fair enough. Yeah, I would have. A, I love the old Columbo oh, so uh, TV I. movies yes. and, and everything. I'd, I'd hate to see someone else come in and just muck it up. Just one more question. <laughs> There was there was a joke. It's like if if you found yourself being asked just one more question for the third time, you were the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that's the beauty. And I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but with the well, maybe we'll just have to do a Columbo episode. That'd be great. Um, the beauty about Columbo is we knew who the murderer yes. was. Yes, and it was just following 
Columbo wait until he figures it out. Of course he will. We all knew, but it was just like what was going to be the one thing that was the that was what made the Columbo movies is trying to figure out what was the one thing that messed that they messed up. And what I always liked about it is they gave you the opportunity to piece it together. They showed you the clues. It was never just sort of like, hey, look at what I just found with the last 10 seconds of this episode. He he was never reading a letter that you never got to read. Right. Yeah, no, nothing like that. You got all the clues. It was the classic, classic mystery. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, we may have to revisit that sometime, (laughs) too. I haven't watched any Columbo in a long time. Promise there's so much. Where do you even begin and end? Because uh, yeah, some... some of those episodes get really long. Like the first 30 minutes is the murder being set up. And you're mm-hmm. just sort of like, where's Columbo? Yeah. Well, and they all are, all are effect movies. Right. They were, they're television movies. Yes. They were, you know, an hour and a half, hour and 20 maybe, whatever. But when it first started, they were all about an hour. But mm-hmm. they got longer and longer and longer. And you're just sort of like, okay, when does the detective <laughs> part happen? We haven't even had a murder yet and we're 30 minutes in. And we haven't even seen Columbo yet. Yeah. <laughs> I've signed up for him. Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. Maybe we'll just need to try to figure out, find some someone's list of what they consider the, the, best, the best Columbos and have, take a look at them. The first one's really good. I rewatched that just a few years ago. That's a really good episode. Excellent. Excellent. All right, so yeah, I'm going to save the rest of Daniel's uh, letter for next time. But So Daniel, so, just so you know, uh, it will it will come up again. So thank you very much for sending that in. Now, I guess the last thing I wanted to mention before we go to break, you know, I mentioned last time that there was a, uh, a band called Time Shifters. On Facebook, they have a page. We have a group. If you come looking for Time Shifters, look for the group. That's the podcast. If you want to find the band, look for the page. They are a punk rock band out of Prague. I've listened to a few of their tunes. I'm going to throw some uh, links in the show notes so you can do the same. they got a bunch of them listed up on uh, Reverb Nation. And they're also on uh, Bandcamp. Uh, easy to find, timeshifters.bandcamp.com and uh, reverbnation.com slash timeshifters. You know, if, you like, if you're into punk rock scene, if you like some really good driving, uh, you know, the kind of stuff where you, you listen in the car, you want to go faster kind yeah. of music. Dangerous stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty damn good. Yeah, I, I really listen, enjoyed them. I listened to one of their songs, and I was like, you know, bobbing my head a yeah, little bit. And I was like, okay, it. <laughs> it really works. So I think what I'm gonna do, I don't know, should I should I play a song in the middle here, or should I or maybe have them play us out? Because I got permission from them. Play us out. Play us out. Play us out. I got permission to play their uh, their their song Star Bazaar. Okay, which is one of the few songs that can be played on a podcast that relatively is family friendly. <laughs> Uh, most of their tunes being punk rock and everything, not safe for work or for kids. Uh, I think the F-bomb has dropped more times than any other word in you know, yes. some of the stuff. But it's still a really good rock and beat. They got a new album they're putting together. They're supposed to be trying to come up. They said mid-May. So by the time this episode airs, it may already be out. So nice. uh, I'll so I'll let everybody know when it happens because... I'm kind of curious and kind of looking forward to listening to the to a whole album myself. Gonna go shuffle through and try to find my official theme song. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So yeah, check them out. All right. So I'll tell you what, we're gonna take a a short break here to a promo for another podcast, and when we get back, we're gonna talk about uh, gosh, what year was it? 1964. 1964. Cave of the Living Dead or Night of the Vampires? All right. <laughs>
a spine-tingling, nerve-shattering podcast featuring all your favorite monsters. You won't believe your ears when you listen to Monster Kid Radio. Here are your hosts, Derek M. Cook, and his ever-rotating stable of guests discuss your favorite classic and sometimes not-so-classic monster movies. Subscribe to Monster Kid Radio through iTunes or Stitcher. Or visit monsterkidradio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster Kid Radio. Go through the archives for interviews with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Price, and Joel Hodgson. Listen to discussions about movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon, Island of Terror, and King Kong. And don't forget convention coverage from Monster Bash and the HP Lovecraft Film Festival. Classic Monsters, Modern Talk, and the Head of Rondo Hatton. Only on Monster Kid Radio. Alright, we are back. Yes, Night of the Vampires or Cave of the Living Dead. Uh, you'll find it under both titles. This was a film that was a a German Yugoslavian film. There's a little bit of Euro horror or Euro spy. Little column A, little column B on this one. This was originally put out under the title in Germany, Curse of the Green Eyes, which is an interesting title because it's a black and white film. I'm not sure. There must have been a lot of expository dialogue to try to explain that title. Yeah. Uh, this thing was then uh, was kind of re-edited and redubbed and released here in the in the States. It was uh, directed by Akos von Rotoni, is how I'm going to say it. That sounds more Italian than German. But... I have no idea how to say half of the names involved <laughs> with this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, most of the stars' names are pretty... Uh, Adrian Hoven is uh, Inspector Frank Dar- uh, Doran, and Erica Remberg is Maria. And let's see, we got uh, Carl Moner. And Wolfgang Prize, we'll, we'll say, or the or the lead stars. I I'm believe. leaving it up to you. All right, I've got enough. nothing. <laughs> now, uh, this is a film that I heard about from listening to another podcast. I was listening to Monster Kid Radio, and they talked about it. And I'm like, okay, this sounds interesting. I got to look it up for myself. I freaking love this film. I just enjoyed <laughs> the hell out of it. And I thought, you know what? We needed a film because we were we discussed a couple of possible topics for this for this episode, and we needed to kind of go to a plan B. So I'm like, watch this. I'm curious to see what you think because this is not a film you would you would have picked up. It's free on Amazon Prime, so it's easy to do. It's under I think it's Cave of the Living Dead on Prime. Yes, yeah, and. Um, so the the story it's like a um, story about an inspector of some he's either a police inspector Interpol. or or an Interpol mm-hmm. uh, inspector who is sent to this small village because there's been a series of deaths of young women mysterious deaths and then the women disappear the bodies disappear right so the police are baffled they're not doing it so they send this guy from Interpol this 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 inspector to to investigate and the uh, turns out you know of course the village is saying it's it's vampires there's a local witch who who is positive it's vampires the, and then the plot unrolls from there i would say the plot unravels from there <laughs> right. this movie um uh go in thinking it's a comedy <laughs> i'm i think there's humor i don't think it's oh a- it's humor i 
a lot of the humor I threw in, <laughs> I wrote down almost immediately, this is a movie begging for an MST3K. <laughs> There's so many strange elements. First, I, I got all of this feeling of, like, they are very, seem to be heavily influenced by, like, the Hammer Horror, um, Bella Lugosi kind of stuff. Like, they looked at it. They were fans. Good on them. They wanted to make a movie. They weren't mm-hmm. trying to make a bad movie. They were inspired by this stuff, and they wanted to do it for themselves, for where they lived. Good. Doesn't mean it was good. <laughs> it It was very, like... It's a cast of like seven, and let's see. There's there's the old guy. There's the cops that are scared all the time. There's there's the 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 servant who's uh, worried about things all the time, and then there's the st- up straight creepy guy who lives in a castle who like just sort of appears into a room and the door opens for him. Mm-hmm. I wonder who the <laughs> vampire is. <laughs> Is it any of those bumbling idiots, or is it the guy who's clearly trying to be Bella Lugosi? Well, see, this is what I where I think it, it's a little bit like the Columbo. We know what's happening. We just have to watch and wait for the inspector to figure it all out. And the inspector was the most aloof, like, homicide detective ever. Like, the guy, he's supposed to be, like, the expert. If a c- case can't be cracked, he cracks it because he's mm-hmm. seen it all and everything in his life, you know, he's seen the worst things and he's just sort of like, hey, how are you? How's it going? <laughs> it's just like, I don't think you're jaded yet. Is this your first <laughs> case? I thought, well, he, like you were saying, you know, it was definitely mimicking a lot of other films. It was very much in that Euro spy genre where, you know, your your uh, star is aloof is a great is, is there's, start to finish. there's no other word for it. Uh, even when he's not in control, he's going to act like he's in control, and he's just yeah. all going to take it in stride. Like, hey, that's fine, whatever, yeah. you know. <laughs> going to go get a drink now. Exactly. <laughs> Want to join me, pretty blonde lady? Like, yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> this felt, it's amazing because, it, like I said, it was a German-Yugoslavian film, but it felt very like the Italian Euro spy. Yeah. Uh, and then it does have that, Hammer-esque. Uh, there's even a little bit of a, an, I, I would say it's kind of an homage to uh, the old, uh, the silent film Nosferatu. Yeah. With the, the, shadows the shadows on the wall. Oh, yeah. That's the yeah. first thing that made me laugh. Yeah. No, sorry. The first thing that made me laugh was, you know, you have this movie and all this stuff is happening. And then all of a sudden, it's it's the opening credits and the music. What the <laughs> hell? I don't know where that came from. My wife was sitting like on and off throughout the the movie with me, and then she goes, "Oh, I guess the monsters are starting." <laughs> like, what is this? It is a jazzy school with like the the blood drippy font to do that. I'm like, these don't match up. I and it's, I have no idea how much of that was part of the the re edit and dub. Or how much of it was original. I can't find anything on the original film. I have tried to search to see if I can find an original Curse of the Green Eyes somewhere. Uh, Uh, I haven't (laughs) been able to find it. So I'd love to compare and see how much was... uh, how much was changed when it was brought over to the you know the English speaking countries? It was that part where I wrote my MST3K note. I was just sort of like, <laughs> I am in for a trip, and I'm going to have to comment on this movie. <laughs> but on the uh, on the subject of it being redubbed and everything, I was actually really impressed with the story still sure. being fun. I mean, it wasn't. There was a lot of times when these films, especially in the '60s, when the the, the dubbing it was kind of like uh, just make it work. 
This one, they seem like they actually put a little effort into actually giving the characters. I don't know if they were, again, I don't know if they were based on the actual German characters. Or if they made up their own. Or if they made up their own. But they actually seemed like they put in a lot of effort and, and care and giving these people actual personalities. Mm-hmm. And then uh, making sure that those personalities and how they interplayed with all the other characters, that really impressed me. I think yeah. that's what really worked for me in this film is like, especially like the innkeeper. Yes, uh, was just a great character, mm-hmm. and I just really liked him. And it's like, you know, they didn't need to do that for the innkeeper, right? But they really made him a really like almost really kind of an important character for the first half of the film, and I, I that was great. Yes, they did. That's where a lot of the humor comes from yes. and everything, too. Yeah. I agree with that. There was a lot of personality. It was easy to keep track of who everybody was because they weren't using a lot of names. But it was just sort of like, oh, that's the innkeeper. Oh, that's the deaf guy. It, because they were all very unique. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. Um, there was w- at least one moment in the dub that like caught my caught my ear, I guess. It was when they were inspecting... Um, the body of the the woman who died and the doctor is there and he's just like oh it's heart failure they've all been heart failure Mm. and then the innkeeper's like no i'm telling you all it's vampires and the doctor says and i quote get that silly old get rid of that silly old woman Mm -hmm. well that i think plays (laughs) on another comment I don't know if it was before or after that where he was talking about that the the superstition is that everyone is acting like a bunch of old women with their superstitions. So I think it was just, it was a slight. It was an insult. Okay. I yeah. didn't pick up on that part. I just yeah. heard that. I was like, wait, where's the – wait, the innkeeper's <laughs> not a woman, right? No, that was just the insult. The, uh, the, the doctor was a – that one was another interesting. He was a very dry. He was he was the one that was definitely German. <laughs> yes, he was the one character I really liked because I like that idea of here's this loose one intelligent person who's refusing to give in to the local lore, and it's just like it's not vampires, it's this, and I'm not gonna listen to what any of them yeah. are saying. He's wrong, right? But it's because he's like he's he's going back to his medical training and his scientific knowledge that he's just gonna throw out it kept reminding me of an episode of like the x-files mm-hmm. you know you have this this person come in to to solve this crime and slowly but surely they're starting to believe more and more into the supernatural yeah i was thinking x-files i was thinking a little bit kolchak the night stalker sure it was, it was very much the kind of along the same vein here in fact, I, it might even be a little bit more Kolchak than X-Files because the guy coming in and – well, no, I guess because Kolchak usually was a little quicker to jump to the supernatural. than yeah. The inspector was just finally is like, this is where the facts lead me, so yeah. it must be this. I mean, I, I love the call. He, he actually phones his uh, his boss. He's like, would you believe me if I said it was supernatural? No. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Quit drinking. Get back to work. <laughs> It's another. It's a victim of its time, certainly, as far as some of the acting and some of the uh, characterizations and everything. Uh, you have to have the, the the forced romance that comes out of nowhere. Between it you. really <laughs> comes out of nowhere. <laughs> between with, you, with... The, the handsome inspector and the the only woman in the in the cast, right. the only living woman, <laughs> yeah. and one of the most poorly timed, awkward, too much mouth kiss I've ever seen <laughs> in my... Horrible. He was, like, sucking her face. <laughs> I just looked at my wife, and I was like, are you seeing this? <laughs> She's like, that's a lot of bottom lip. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Uh, I find this film insanely watchable. I mean, I really enjoyed it the first time, and I sat down and watched it a second time, kind of in just preparation for this. And I was like, I'm just enthralled through this entire film. It's insanely watchable. I love it. It's watchable for me for, I think, an entirely different set of reasons. <laughs> I mean, I can definitely see where you could ding it an, a lot. I mean, oh, I, I lot. believe me, I, I, I see it for its flaws and everything, too. But I just it impresses me that that much time and effort went into this edit and dub. Oh, sure. And a lot that, of and that it still hold, yeah and a lot and it still holds together as a film. A lot of yes. times when these come over, when these get dubbed and edited, it's like. That makes no sense whatsoever. Sure, and you have no idea if this if this is a legitimate uh, dub from the language. Did they actually, you know, oh, this is what they said, so this is what you should say? No idea. You know, that's what makes it interesting that they are actually still able to weave this story. I'm thinking because it weaves together as well as it does that this was probably a legitimate uh, dub of what was actually being said. Yeah, uh, or at least close thereof so that that works and i just i really like the, the the characters that are that are in there and yes it does have all this it just because yeah you know, why why does this happen because. just because yeah because we got to get under that hour and a half mark <laughs> exactly you know oh look there's coffins all right that's fine uh-huh. moving on yeah like there, even the part towards the end where like he's he's hammering the stake into the to the vampire. It's like, I like that. Just bam once, and then the eyes freak out, and bam twice, and, and the, then the face, face starts to worse. burn. Yeah, and then he hits the third time, and I said, "Oh, I'm dead now." And that's when the, you see the skeleton, skeleton, and I was like, "Yep, there you go." <laughs> yeah. No, you definitely get the feeling, like you were saying, it was someone that was experimenting a little yes. bit. They were like, okay, I've seen this kind of stuff done. Let me see if I can do it. Let me yeah. put my own spin towards to it and kind of play a little bit with the camera. So we did a little bit with the shadows. We do mm-hmm. the stuff with the quick edit cuts with the different, like you were saying, with, you know, dispatching the vampire. Um, we did the uh, the mirror trick. Someone's behind me, but oh, they're not in the mirror. Um, you can see their breath. <laughs> yeah, they kind of, oh, you can see everybody's breath. I, <laughs> Having to film this wherever they film this in the dead of winter, really it cold. must have been, oh, my gosh. Because everyone, you can see everyone's breath in almost every scene. Uh-huh. I feel really sorry for that poor woman that has to get into her nightgown that we see. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that can't have been comfortable. No. Yeah. It, it felt like, you know, if you just had some, like, film student was working on a movie now. That's what yeah. it really reminded me of. It, mm-hmm. it, this was definitely an experiment. This was somebody who loved film and wanted to make one. They had no money to do it. They didn't have the best actors. But, damn it, they were going to make this movie. And they tried. Yeah, they did. And they did a lot of fun stuff. They tried their hand at some special effects. The night vision uh, thing yes. that they did was, mm-hmm. you know, a nice... And it's almost a shame that it's black and white. I almost yeah. wish this were in color because I think this would be a brilliant film to see all the, the, the color of the village, the, the, the dark and the shadows of the grotto that they're, that they're exploring. And, of course, you'd be able to you know, throw in a little bit of blood or something with the vampire maybe. Uh, that would have been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. You know, for I, me, it's a silly movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and I, I had a good feeling that that's kind of where you would fall, and I think that's where a lot of people will fall on this film, and a lot of people will just completely dismiss it. Yeah, but I, I appreciate you watching it. I'm glad you had at least had a little bit of fun watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a blast watching it. I'm going to watch it again. You know, at some <laughs> point, I just yeah. really enjoy it. 
You know, there's something that you can actually do with riff tracks. You can, like, riff your own movie and submit it to them. Oh, really? I might do that with this. <laughs> <laughs> I really might do that. Because I imagine there's probably, like, I, I, that it's probably in the public domain at this point. I don't know. It's, it, it, the the European films are, it's a it's a real mixed bag. Uh, okay. Uh, the, the copyright laws are really weird, especially when it comes to films that are imported. Okay. So many opportunities for jokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think there were some missed opportunities, just if we can just jump back a little bit. There were some missed opportunities, I think, on story. Uh, yes. There was a moment uh, right towards the end, you know, our, our, our heroine has been bitten, and you actually see her begun starting to turn vampire, and the doctor is, like, kneeling over her, and you see her kind of sprouting teeth and everything, and then the next scene you go back to, the, you know, the inspector chasing somebody, and he comes back, the doctor is no longer. He's gone. You no, know, he's standing there. Oh. He's just he's back away. He's oh. backed away, like getting something out of his bag, and she's back laying down. And I thought, oh, the doctor's been bit. You know, <laughs> he's going to be. This is going to be a twist at some point or something. And it, it doesn't doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's a that's a shame. You know, I guess, but I guess the film would have needed another hour mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, for that twist. To or it could have just been the cliffhanger of like, now he's the vampire. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that would have been that would have. They been all fun. walk away, and you see his fangs. Mm-hmm. The end. Yeah, jazz score. <laughs> yes, yeah, and that was the thing. It ends on that same damn song, and I, like the joke for me is just like, ah, good. The one song we get on the radio is back on. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. And I think that'll finish up this episode. Now, next time, I, I hinted at it a couple times throughout this episode. Next time we get together, we're actually going to do an open discussion. It's going to sound a little different. We'll be on open mics. We're going to go to uh, Studio B <laughs> and do an open mic. And we're going to have a discussion about uh, book adaptations uh, going to film and television. And we're going to bring in a few other voices and everything to, to do this. And so uh, a lot of Daniel's letter was in regards to that. So we'll we'll pick that up uh, next time. So that's going to be it's going I think it's going to be a fun discussion. It's something that um, uh, Chad Peters uh, on the uh, Facebook group I believe uh, brought up, and yep. it was a good suggestion. It's not one that I can talk to with a lot of uh, experience. Um, I have read uh, several books that have been made in the movies, but most of those are some of the you know the older like I've read like. Uh, do androids dream of electric sheep you sure. know that gets turned into blade runner and things like that so a lot of the current stuff i haven't read uh, i think we'll probably have a pretty good mix of uh, old and new uh, will come up in the discussion we're bringing people in who are kind of more on the book side we've got us who are on the film side and we've got somebody who'll be in, right in the middle so yeah we'll have a well represented yep it should be fun so until then, any feedback or anything, please send it to timeshifterspodcast at gmail.com. Come join the Facebook group page <laughs> and uh, join us on Twitter. Follow us at timeshifterspod and at movies at the mat. I think that's going to do it for us. Oh, emails or anything. Did I say uh, timeshifterspodcast at gmail.com? I did say that, didn't I? You did I? just now. Okay, as promised, here is Star Bazaar from the punk rock band Timeshifters. Be sure to go and check them out at the links in the show notes. And when you do, if you get a chance, let them know that Time Shifters podcast sent you. Bye, everyone. Enjoy. <laughs>